Zachy read, <clears throat> talks about the Lord being the one who rides through the deserts. And then a few um, moments later that God is the one whose power is in the skies. What that means to me is that in the highs and in the lows, God is there. The one who exists exalted and his power is endless in the skies is also the one who is not afraid to go into the dry places, into the desert, into the wilderness with you and me. I'm thankful for that this morning because I've walked in both, haven't you? And we need a God who can be with us no matter where we are. Today we're going to be in Acts chapter 8. If you will, turn in your Bibles to the book of Acts in the New Testament. Um, You'll see that right after Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John the book of the Acts, uh, called the Acts of the Apostles, and even modern times it's been known as the Acts of the Holy Spirit. It's after the Lord Jesus uh, has uh, walked this world, uh, given his life on a cross that was ours, uh, went to a borrowed tomb and laid there dead and rose again on the third day. He has now uh, been uh, risen and taken back up to where he belongs in heaven enthroned with God the Father where he reigns forevermore and one day will come again quickly. And so uh, this is uh, what we're doing right now. We see the apostles have launched out uh, to carry forth the mission of the gospel and the Holy Spirit of God is at work powerfully in what they're doing. And so we're going to look at this with New Year's uh, in view uh, today. New Year's is um, uh, somewhat of a depressing holiday if you ask me. I mean, it's supposed to be a celebration, and I know everybody <clears throat> goes up to New York and watches the ball, but I remember as a kid sitting on the couch with my family and thinking, you know, what, what is this, you know? They would always show on, on Dick Clark's New Year's Rockin' Eve. You, anybody remember that, okay? Yeah, we'd always watch that, and <clears throat> at some point, uh, this little baby New Year creature would appear. I mean, this little animated baby in a diaper with a sash that said New Year, 1990-whatever-four, uh, would, would show up. And behind him in the background, the, the months on a calendar would be flipping over, January, February, March. And as the months advanced, the baby New Year would grow into a little boy, then he'd grow into a teenager, then to a, a, a grown-up, and then he'd start to show signs of aging and wrinkling. Uh, he would get gray hair, and his beard would grow really long. Then he would start hunching over, and he had a cane. And then presumably, on the 31st, what? He died, right? I mean, that's pretty sad. I mean, that's, that's not joyous at all. <clears throat> they would always show on TV a, a parade of all the celebrities, all the famous people, who had been lost that year, who had died that year. And so you're sitting there in this moment of celebration and the baby new year has perished at the end. And and then uh, you see all these people, oh, how sad that they're gone now in 1994. All these people have have died. And then they would sing a song called Auld Lang Syne. Nobody even knows what that means, do we? But we sing it. But I always remember one line in it. Let old acquaintance what? be forgot, right? (laughs) Uh, That's probably not the most helpful, you know, sentiment at New Year's. Just forget them, right? They're just old acquaintances. Just forget those old friends. And so what a weird holiday. Uh, What a depressing thing it can be to look back and think, here's how much weight I've gained uh, this year. Here's all the ways I've failed this year. Here's how I let people down this year. We look back on it 
But today I want to focus on New Year's uh, as an opportunity for hope, as an opportunity to do things differently. We're going to look at Acts chapter 8, a great story in the New Testament, and what I hope is going to be a practical, simple, and quick sermon uh, this morning. Um, We look at um, an episode we call the Ethiopian eunuch, Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. Uh, It stands out as different uh, in the book of Acts, and the language is significant. I want us to look at it together. If you don't have a Bible today, these words will be on the screen. And if you don't have a Bible in your life, we don't want anyone leaving here without a good, reliable copy of God's Word just for you. And we have those on the table in the back on your way out. You'll see them laid out there. You take that if you need it. Uh, No cost to you, uh, just a gift from our heart to yours, and we mean that, okay? Um, Just have one and put that to use. Let's read together from Acts chapter 8. We'll begin in verse 26 and move down to verse 40. But an angel of the Lord said to Philip, let me stop just for a moment. A lot's been happening in Jerusalem. Uh, Major sermons have been happening, just powerful sermons by the apostles, the disciples of Jesus. We've seen that happen. We've seen thousands come to faith in Christ for the first time. A lot of energy is going on there. I mean, all the excitement. But an angel of the Lord said to Philip, rise and go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. And so for Philip, he's not going to be in the midst of the excitement. He's not going to be there for the next big revival service. He's being sent down the road to Gaza, to a wilderness, to a desert place where nothing really should be happening. And he rose and went. And there was an Ethiopian, a eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. He had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning, seated in his chariot, and was reading the prophet Isaiah. And the spirit said to Philip, go over and join his chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and asked, do you understand what you are reading? And he said, how can I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit down with him. Now the passage of scripture that he was reading was this, quote, like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter and like a lamb before its shearers is silent. So he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. A messianic prophecy by the prophet Isaiah, maybe 700 years before Christ. uh, A very perfect moment here where this man, lost and seeking, happens to be reading a a prophetic word about the Lord Jesus specifically. And the eunuch said to Philip, about whom, I ask you, does the prophet say this, about himself or about someone else? Then Philip opened his mouth, and beginning with the scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus. And as they were going along the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, see, here is water. What prevents me from being baptized? And he commanded the chariot to stop, and they both went down into the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord, that's the Holy Spirit of God, the power of God himself. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord carried Philip away, and the eunuch saw him 
no more. A miraculous transportation. The, the, the mission of Philip is done. The Holy Spirit comes uh, and somehow transports him away and simply the eunuch saw him no more and went on his way rejoicing. But Philip found himself as at Azotus and as he passed through, he preached the gospel to all the towns until he came to Caesarea. At New Year's, we want a fresh start, don't we? We want a clean slate, an opportunity to get it right. And so I want to look at this passage together and ask the question, how can we grow in our walk with God and impact the world differently in this new year? I think we have five examples from this story. We'll go through them quickly. The first is this, be a person who hears from God. Be someone, be a Christian who is able to hear from God. The, the angel of the Lord comes and simply speaks to Philip, tells him what to do. What I notice about this, though, is that Philip is ready to hear. The angel doesn't introduce himself, say, hey, I'm an angel, here's my name. The, the angel doesn't commend himself. The angel doesn't have to do a miracle to, to verify himself. Uh, Philip is ready to hear. He recognizes and knows the voice of God. He doesn't show ID. He, he doesn't persuade Philip. He just set, speaks to him, and the Bible says Philip went, right? I was at my mom's this weekend, or this week, uh, for uh, the holidays with her out of town in Tennessee, <clears throat> and uh, she did some of our laundry. We got it back home last night, and we were unpacking it, and I just happened to smell the, the laundry, and I thought, oh man, this reminds me of, of my mom so much. Her laundry detergent. I turned to Erica and said, I, I wish you did laundry as good as my mom, Erica. And uh, no, I did not say that, but 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 for sure, when I opened up that case, I mean just flooded, I mean it's, it's flooded back from my mom's house. How did I know that? I mean, why do those feelings arise in you? Uh, because I spent many years. Uh, very close, living in her household, very close with her, with her doing my laundry. It's familiar to me. I know her, and in an instant, I can recognize that smell or her voice or her handwriting on a card. I know instantly that's from my mom. Why? Because I'm so familiar with, I've walked with her for so many years and decades even. And if we want to hear from God, if Philip wants to hear from God, it's going to be incumbent upon you and me to walk with God. We're not going to hear his voice if we're not daily, regularly familiar with his ways. Philip was familiar. He was ready to hear from God. And when God spoke, he knew exactly who it was. He was ready to obey. He was ready to go. He was able to be positioned there for that moment of power, not because of what he did in that moment, but because of what he had been doing before that moment. I urge you in the new year to ask the question, am I walking closely and regularly enough with God that I would be able to perceive when he is speaking in my life? Are you walking closely and regularly enough with him? Are you in the word of God? Are you praying to God? There's no magic. You don't have to do it any certain way that I tell you. But are you being in the presence of God enough that when he speaks, you know, oh, oh, that's the voice of God. That's a voice that can be trusted. That's a voice that I know and I'm familiar with. When God sends you, will you be able to go? Have you been with God enough that you can recognize the moving of his hand? And do you know the nuances of his voice? Don't wait 
to draw near to the Lord. Tomorrow's day one of 2024. Why don't you choose right now to get into that practice? Number two, be a person who hears from God, but don't limit God's purpose for you. Notice this. Philip could have focused on two things in this passage that could have severely limited his usefulness. The first is this. He could have focused on his identity, couldn't he? You know, Philip is not an apostle. Did you know that? He's not an apostle. He's not a, a, an overseer. He's not a prophet. He's not an elder. He's just Philip. In fact, in the beginning of Acts, uh, the apostles uh, were beginning to be distracted. There was a need about a uh, question about who got the most food uh, when they were serving the widows, kind of a, a, a matter of, that was uh, about to pull them down from the, the, uh, their mission of proclaiming the gospel. And so we need to find some men, some trusted men, who can handle this issue, who can help with this issue of serving food to the widows and making sure this is right. Philip was among those men who we now call deacons to serve in the church. He was just a regular guy, somebody that was trusted but not in an elevated position like the apostles. It is significant to me that Philip is the one that does this powerful moment. Isn't it to you? He's just a regular guy. Philip could have focused on that. He could have said, listen, uh, God, are you sure me? I'm just, I, just, I just work a job, Lord. I mean, I'm, just, I'm not an apostle. I'm not one of these special people. He could have focused on his limitations, but instead he focused on God. The second part is this. Philip could have focused on God's plan. It's interesting here, the word but is what opens this passage. But an angel of the Lord said to Philip, rise and go toward the south to this desert place. All this is happening in Jerusalem. I mean, that's the place of excitement and energy. The Holy Spirit is there in power. But God said to Philip, you go down to this desert place. It didn't make sense. It just did not make sense that God would choose Philip a regular guy, not qualified in any special way, and that he would choose to send him out to a desert place, away from, away from all the action. There's a few things at the holidays that don't make sense. One of them that uh, doesn't make sense to me is eggnog. Does anybody like eggnog in here? Okay, a lot of you do. Do any of you just on a regular basis eat raw eggs? No, nobody does that. I mean, I don't either, right? I mean, we, that's not something we normally do. We don't just eat raw eggs. But here's what eggnog is made out of, raw eggs. It's made out of raw eggs. And you add to that milk. I don't eat raw eggs, and I'm not a milk person. I don't drink a lot of milk. Uh, it, it add to it spices that we never use on anything else, nutmeg, cloves, vanilla, I guess we use on stuff. But uh, nutmeg, cloves, and vanilla, it's just a disgusting-sounding drink, isn't it? It's just gross. And if it couldn't get any worse, they named it a disgusting name, Nog, right? I don't even know what a Nog is, but it doesn't sound like something we want to drink. But let me tell you something. I love eggnog. I can guzzle eggnog, right? My grandmother used to put a very special ingredient in her eggnog. Um, <laughs> that might be what got me hooked on it. But, um, <laughs> but I do. I, I love eggnog, even though I hate raw eggs. Even though nutmeg and cloves are nothing I ever use in my normal life, even though I don't drink milk, you mix it all together and it is delicious. It doesn't make sense, but it works. And this plan does not make sense 
It doesn't make sense that God would choose somebody, a normal person like you, like me, maybe a young person today, maybe a teenager, maybe a child who says, I'm just young, Lord. I'm not qualified in any special way. Are you sure you want me to obey you like this? Just a husband. I'm just a wife. I'm just a homemaker. I mean, I, I'm just, a, I'm just from, from right around this area. I've never had any vast, distant experiences. I'm just uneducated. Maybe the Lord this year wants to do something very special in your life, but in a way that does not make sense to you and me. God, the action seems to be right here. Are you sure you're calling me over there? God, my career has been right here for 30 years. I mean, Lord, I'm happy here. I'm secure here. Are you sure you're moving us to do this? Are you sure it's going to be adoption or foster care for us? That, 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 that's something new to us, God. You're calling us to this. Are you sure we're going to go on this mission trip, Lord? It costs $3,000. Are we going to be able to raise it, God? Are you sure? It doesn't make sense. But God's recipes often don't make sense to you and me. We're supporting a new missionary right now. A brand new missionary, young girl who's been down in the refugee village down there serving on her own, supported by church, but on her own down there working among refugees from Afghanistan and many other distant places. <clears throat> she's felt a call in her heart. She's going there, leaving. We've begun supporting her uh, $100 a month to what we're starting uh, being able to support her with. And she's going over to, to a place that's restricted. She called me the other day, said, Pastor Matthew, will you please take my picture uh, down off your website? <clears throat> because... Uh, I've been through training now, and the place that I'm going is a restricted place. If they were able to find out that I was there as a missionary, that I was, I was going with this purpose, uh, then I could be uh, held, I could be arrested, I could be punished or, or worse uh, there in that place. And, and we've got to wash all of this stuff off the Internet so that people can't find out uh, that I'm in this restricted place for the, for the purpose of the gospel. That doesn't make sense, does it? A young girl with her life ahead of her, I mean, pretty and promising, somebody's daughter to say, hey, God, if you're calling me to this dangerous place to go out into the world for the sake of your name, I'll go. We look at that, and that looks like a disgusting plan. It looks like a recipe for failure, and yet God's people, Philip, and through the ages, and you and me today are continuing to say, yes, Lord, yes, we will follow your plan, even though it does not make sense. It doesn't make sense for a church with our footprint on this corner for 150 years to rise up and in obedience and generosity and sacrifice to give $38,000 to missions. People would look at that from the outside and be like, what? But we're God's people, aren't we? He has called us by name. He has given his life for us. God's purpose doesn't always make sense. Don't limit God's purpose for you. What if God is getting ready to use you in a way that just doesn't make sense this year? Are your eyes open for that, for something new, for God to do something? Are you willing to follow God's plan and not yours? Are you willing to say yes to God when the plan is not what you would have planned and when the task is beyond your strength? 
when you don't measure up to the task, are you willing to say, God, you do. God, I'm not strong enough, qualified enough, educated enough. I'm just a normal guy. God, I must walk with you in this. Are you ready to trust God? Are you willing to tell God that you'll go where he sends you this year? It doesn't have to be a far-flung mission. It could be something right where you're at. Kids, it could be in your lunchroom at school. It could be in your relationship, in your dating. It, it, it could be at your workplace, man. It could be at your home, father, husband, wife. It could be in your setting. It could be something small, but it could be something great. Listen for the Lord. Thirdly, ready yourself for divinely shaped opportunities this year. Notice this. Once Philip gets there, once he goes to the place the Holy Spirit has sent him, over to the road that goes down to Gaza, a place we're familiar with in the news, he gets there. It is evident that this is a perfectly designed setup for a gospel opportunity. It's something only God could do. Somehow, this man from Ethiopia, a high-up official, an influential person who's going to go back to Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who's going to be over all her treasure— who's going to have her ear, he, God has put in his heart a curiosity and an interest for the gospel, a thirst for truth so much that he came to Jerusalem to worship. Uncertain of what he's doing, but sensing something real, he goes there, he worships, he is positioned for power for the gospel to now go back to his homeland, and he's sitting there perched on his, on his chariot, reading scriptures, the Old Testament, those were the scriptures they had. There was no New Testament yet. He's reading the scriptures, and he happens to be reading the perfect messianic text that describes exactly the sacrifice of the Son of God on behalf of humankind. That is perfect. That's something that only God could have done. Ready yourself in this new year for divinely shaped opportunities be looking, be scanning, be seeing through the lenses of a God whose hand wants to move in your world and who may position you in just such a place at this where he has lined everything up and ordered it perfectly for you to stand in obedience, to do something that matters for the kingdom of God. Look for those things to take shape. This is still the same God. And I have to confess for myself, I walk in just dullness sometimes. The daily, the routine, the get it done, the check it off the list. Man, let's open our eyes for what God is doing. Something new that we can't plan for. We were in the office the other day and Pat and Scotty Sisk, they clean our church they called me into the men's room and said, there's something wrong in here. <clears throat> the toilet was kind of taken apart, and the lid was off the back of it and sitting down on the, on the front. And uh, they said, is something wrong with this toilet? Who has done this? You know, what's the deal? There was toilet paper rolls stacked up on it, and, uh, and out of the, you know, the lid of it, there was something sticking out. Was somebody working on this? I called Kathy and Laura in there. We, we came in to look at it, and here's what it looked like. I, Serious. <clears throat> it looked just like that. The only difference is the bathrooms here are commercial bath toilets, and so they're open. They don't have a proper lid. 
So someone had taken the upper, the tank lid off and set it down to put the two toilet papers. We couldn't tell what was going on. We were standing there just looking, and uh, even though it looked like this, it just didn't take shape to us. You know, we're like, I don't know what's going on, Scotty. And right when we turned to walk away and give up, it clicked. It's like the image just formed in our, our minds. This is a face, and it's smoking a cigarette, right? It's a... <laughs> And I, I turned around, I said, ah, you know what this is? Somebody has done this on purpose, right? This is a, this is a, a, a prank. It's a, it's a setup. Uh, listen, uh, let's, let's resolve this year not to be Christians who walk through the world and God is at work. He's setting up things to take shape for us, putting us in opportunities and positions to make a difference in his kingdom and, 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 and praise God to make a difference in some family, in some life, in some single mother who's raising kids with no hope of ever knowing Jesus. And then, boom, you're in the midst. And if you look carefully, something might take shape that tells you somebody did this on purpose. God was at work and let me walk into it in Obedience, ready yourself, ready yourself for divinely shaped opportunities. Is your spirit primed to expect, to look for, to recognize God's deliberately designed opportunities? He's still doing this. Ask him to make you ready for it this year. But fourthly, accept God's authority to take action. We know that God has authority to take action. But what I mean is, you accept God's authority for you to take action. I love the language that comes next here in this account. It's here on purpose. It could be missing, and the story would go on just fine. Listen, this could be missing. It's here on purpose. Then Philip did what? Opened his mouth. The first thing, the prerequisite that has to take place for all the victory that happens next is that Philip has to make the decision to open his mouth. And I, I see in this maybe a little more than what's there, but I see in this that, that he opened his mouth not knowing what words might flow out. Not sure if he had uh, all the, the knowledge and the language that he needed not knowing if he had the courage to really do this, but in that moment, his decision was simply to open his mouth and to get started and see if God flowed through in some way. And he did. He opened his mouth. He had the authority from God to do it. He wasn't timid about it. He just went when God called him to do it. I worked as my first job. Actually, my first job was at Pizza Hut. My second job was at uh, the Red Food Stores in Chattanooga. It's like our original grocery store. Later it became Bilo, and then after that it became Food City. But if you're a Chattanooga native, it's always the Red Food Stores. I mean, that's just a hometown type thing. And I still have my name badge from Pizza Hut and from the Red Food Stores and then from Walgreens later on. And Bilo, I've got all these name badges. And I remember... When I first got my name badge for the Red Food Stores, I just felt so, I don't know, uh, different. I mean, all of a sudden, I could go to the break room and to the stock room. I mean, you can stand behind the register and walk out. You can be a bag boy. Things that you always saw other people 
doing. You can use the microwave if you want to, you know, at, uh, back in the, in the employee area. You just had access. It was new, and it all came down to that little name badge that they put on you that said Matthew. They spelled it wrong with one T, but I didn't care, right? Uh, it, it gave you authority. It gave you status. It gave me a place there. And I want you to know that if you're a follower of Christ, you don't need any more special permission to obey God. The, 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 the name badge he's already placed upon you as a Christian. You have what you need. You don't have to seek special permission. You don't have to have a higher rank. When God places you in a position that you know what needs to be done, then, friend, you've got the commission to do it. Walk through that. Accept God's authority to take action. As followers of Jesus, you are licensed to take that initiative in his kingdom purposes. You, in your everyday waking and going, are an agent of heaven for what God wants you to do in this world. I mean, you bear that rank and title. It is special, and we do not have the privilege to ignore that. When you see God moving in the world, you move with him. Open your mouth. Take that step. Make that phone call. Say that prayer. Do what needs to be done. Accept God's authority to take action. Don't be dormant. But lastly, find a way to serve God wherever he places you. Find a way to serve God wherever he places you. The end of this story is interesting. The job is done. God carries Philip away. He just carries him away. We don't know how or by what means or mechanism exactly. The Holy Spirit does it, and he can do what he wants. He sends Philip away, and Philip didn't expect it, I don't guess. The eunuch didn't expect it. He just saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. The Bible says in verse 40, but Philip found himself. I mean, he just found himself at Azotus. I mean, you just uh, think of this Philip in this moment. He's baptizing this eunuch. I mean, that God has moved mightily. And he's done it in this desert place. He raises him up out of the water, and then boom, the Holy Spirit makes a change, and Philip is gone, and he finds himself at a new place at Azotus. Not someplace he asked to go, not someplace he expected to go, maybe not even someplace he wanted to go, but there he is. And what does he do there? What does he do at Azotus? Here's what he does. The Bible says exactly. And as he passed through, he preached the gospel to all the towns until he came to Caesarea. He obeyed God. Wherever he woke up, I mean, wherever God took him, wherever he found himself, he just started obeying God. I was in the line at Ingalls the other day. We'd been running from some errands for the church. Olivia and I, Olivia was with me and we were a little hungry, and Ingalls has a really awesome little deli now. It's kind of new. You know my love for Ingalls anyway, but they've upscaled, and they've got Asian food and orange chicken and um, fried rice and all of this. You can order it right there, and so we did, and we were waiting for someone to come over to take our order, <clears throat> and this man started talking to us, and he just struck up a conversation, real friendly, uh, wanted to talk, and uh, so I had a Poplar Springs shirt on. He said, oh, Poplar Springs Baptist Church, and where is that? And I said, I told him where it was, and uh, he said, we're new in, in town. Uh, I was going to invite him to church, but he, he said, we're from Connecticut, and I said, well, never mind then, you know. 
Uh, not really, but <laughs> uh, he was from Connecticut. But we had a great conversation. I said, do you have a spiritual background, you know? Are you looking for a church? He said, yes. And he said, I, I, I'm desperate to find a church. We've, been, we've tried this and we've tried this, but we really haven't found a home yet. I said, well, I would love for you to come to our church. And I told him um, how great y'all are, uh, how friendly everybody is, uh, and many more lies about that. But um, <laughs> not really. I, I said, we've got a wonderful people. They're open. They're honest. And I always tell people this. We've got a lot of people who, who've been through a lot of pain in their life. And, and I know that's true of you. We, you've been through a lot. There's been a lot of us here who've walked through a lot of pain. We're worshiping God out of honesty. And I know there may be exceptions to that. But, but as a rule, we're worshiping God out of honesty. We're not playing games here. We're not messing around here. We're not trying to be seen as a, a certain way when we're actually another way. For the most part, somebody can walk in here and feel comfortable because you and me have walked with God through those deserts. And we found him there in agony sometimes. Not him, you and me. We found ourselves in agony and found God to be true there, even in those places. I was proud to tell him all of that. And at the end of it, I just said, hey, thank you for talking to me. In, in my mind, I was thinking, because I was just going to stand here and wait for the food. I was, this, to me, in my mind, the shape of this moment was boxed in as just a moment of waiting for someone to come and take my order for food. And there he stood right there the whole time. And I never turned to see it as anything more until he spoke up. Listen, look, look, find a way to serve God wherever he places you. Philip was at Azotus. He didn't expect to be there, but he went on serving God. There I was in a waiting line, and God presented an opportunity there to speak for him. Find a way to serve God. I know many of you, even today, are in places you did not expect to be. Maybe places you don't want to be. Maybe the, the whole of your mind and your being is fixated on how can I move beyond this place? Oh God, won't you let me out of this moment of waiting, of wanting for more? Oh God, what's it going to take to put behind me the hurting of these days? When are things for me going to be different? And we box in these moments as periods simply of pain and of waiting for God when God has work and power for you right there at Azotus, right where for some reason, for now, he has placed you. The Holy Spirit carried Philip away to Azotus, and immediately he set about doing the work of God. Don't waste these times of hardship and of waiting. Now, I wish somebody had told me in so many times of pain in my life. I wish someone had grabbed me and shook me and said, Matthew, stop it. This is an opportunity to worship God in a new way and for Jesus to be seen by others in a way that he would not be seen in times of prosperity, in times of happiness. I wish someone had told me that I have failed and wasted time over and over again, not learning from my lessons. Let's not do that this year. Where do you find 
yourself. Philip found himself at Azotus. Where do you find yourself this new year? Where is it that you're waiting and hurting and wanting something different? Don't waste that time. Pray for, look for, and go for ways that you can work for Jesus there. Are you ready to get serious about the new year? Are you ready to be serious about your faith in Jesus Christ? This is not normal. It is not normal in all of human history that a God would give his life to save sinners like you and me. And that out of his depth of mercy and the riches of his grace, that he would look on flawed human beings like us and enlist us into the powerful working of his gospel in a broken world. That's not normal. And so let's not be people who just live normal for Jesus. Let's look for him. Let's watch for him. Let's listen for him. Let's walk with him. And let's go where he sends. You can lean your life into Jesus, and I promise you, he won't disappoint. Let me pray for us. In just a moment, I'd like to offer you a chance to respond. You'll never walk for Jesus in this new year or any year if he's not your personal savior. If you have seen him as a figure in the world, if you have seen his church as your grandma's church or somebody else's church, if you've seen Christianity as uh, a good faith but, but not your own, listen, you're never going to have this power. You're never going to have this friendship. You're never going to have salvation, deliverance, freedom, and fullness. If you don't have Christ as your Savior, He is singularly able to save. And friend, He makes all the difference in the world. Nothing will be the same once you stake your life on Jesus. You can come to him today. The very last day of 2023 will be your last moment that you are not under the blood of Jesus Christ and filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Maybe you would do that today. We're not going to embarrass you. We'll stand with you and rejoice that you have now walked the way that God has led so many of us to go with him. You come right now. I'll stand with you. I'll pray with you. This church will love you and embrace you. Maybe you need to come for baptism. We've got a baptism Sunday coming up. We'll baptize you. Obey Jesus. Be baptized. That was the first thing the Ethiopian eunuch did. He said, there's water here. What keeps me from being baptized? He longed for that obedience. Maybe you need to do the same. Maybe you come for church membership today. Maybe you come for prayer for some other reason. But whatever, let's take these moments and commit them to the Lord. Let our church walk in power this year. Let God do unexpected things. Let him do things that our hands can't create. Let's not be satisfied with what we can do. We can do it. We can get by. But why? Let's go with the Lord. Heavenly Father, thank you for the word of God, for trusting it to us. Thank you for your kindness over this year. Even for my own family, it's been quite a year. But Lord, we found you there. In the new year, we don't know what's coming, God. But help us to open our mouths. 
Help us to be bold. And Lord, help us to not wait to be obedient for that moment of calling, but help us, God, to walk with you daily and regularly so we can sense your scent, so that we can know your voice, so that we can trace your hand, that we can move where you're moving. Father, we're not up to this, but we pray you would make us ready, that you would bring your power to help us. And we're able to ask this. We're excited to do it because we serve a risen Savior today. He's exalted and reigning, Lord. He hears us. We thank you, God. Thank you for the Son of God. Help us to worship him and walk with him well. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand and sing. And as we do, you're invited to respond.